continue the passion of our Lord according to St. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is that that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said, to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Our Lenten journey continues this evening. Last week, our emphasis was on the Office of the Keys. Uh, and tonight, on the gift of confession that uh, we heard just a moment ago in the children's message. I hope you saw and could recognize in that little message how powerful this is, how difficult it can be to turn these bad feelings in our heart into words so that those words can be confessed and so that we can hear other words, the words of forgiveness and the words of our salvation. Our great example again tonight is King David, a great believer. David was, as the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. A shepherd, a musician, a warrior, lions and bears. How many of us have killed a lion or a bear? And that with very primitive weapons. Or, as we know well, David killing the giant Goliath, over nine feet tall a man who is well-trained in the matters of warfare and yet taken down by a boy with his sling.
But we really know it wasn't just that sling. It was, as David said, the Lord himself. The Lord will deliver you into my hand. David was a great believer. He wrote most of the Psalms in the Bible. He had a great passion for God. He's also the ancestor of Jesus. The Bible doesn't really speak of Jesus so much as the son of Abraham, a few places, or the son of Moses, but the son of David, yes, all over the place. And yet, as great as David was, he was still a human being, and he shows us something that the Bible always shows us. All human beings are sinners, and all human beings fall short of the glory of God, and such was the case with David as well. In his sins of lust and adultery and lying and murder, David found himself having a very bad secret in his secret heart. And Nathan the prophet came to him, and the office of the keys was performed. He was called out for his sins. And in that, David responded with what we're talking about tonight, his great confession. David turned those terrible feelings that he was hiding deep into his heart, in his heart, into the words, I have sinned. That was David's struggle. Let's think about our struggle in the same category as well tonight. We all find ourselves struggling from time to time with our sins. We, as Christians, know we're not perfect. We're a mixed bag. However, as Christians, sin doesn't dominate. It doesn't control our lives. We're not perfectionists on the one hand, and yet on the other hand, we don't just sin that grace may abound. We are always confessing our sins and bringing them to the Lord. We do this in every service. And this prevents two terrible things that can happen in our lives. One is that we can overlook our sins or think that God overlooks our sins or that they're not that important or that we can manage them by comparing ourselves to others or covering them up with our good works or our busyness in life or thinking we can compensate for them. Those things become like prison walls and those secrets in our heart just stay there and they never are brought out in the form of the confession of our sins. On the other hand, sometimes people struggle with the opposite problem. Sometimes they obsess over their sins. Sometimes they don't think God can forgive them of their sins. Both are bad places for anyone to be, and God doesn't want us to be in those categories at all. God wants us to be able to say this beautiful Psalm 51 at any time. Against you, you only have I sinned, David said to God. That's a great confession of his sins and an acknowledgement of that turmoil that had been going on in his heart. But David also, David also showed his faith and trust in God's forgiveness as he cried numerous times for the Lord to cleanse him, to show mercy upon him, to take away his sins. When we find ourselves between those two categories of not really caring about our sins or caring too much about our sins, we need to pray and ask God to put us in the right place, the right place of confession, the right place of absolution. 
One of my favorite prayers in the Bible is the prayer of the prophet Jeremiah, where, David, where Jeremiah says, Turn, which is the Hebrew word for repent, turn thou me, and I shall be turned. That is to say, Lord, give me a healthy understanding of my own heart. Paul says we should examine ourselves. We need to take that look inside of our hearts and make sure that there aren't things in there that need to be confessed. And Jeremiah's prayer is a good one, that God would turn that heart open, it would bring forth confession, and that we would receive forgiveness. Job also said a prayer similar to this one. Make me, Job said, know my transgressions. Just as some people don't care about their sins and other people care too much about our sins, we might also point out one-third bad category that sometimes people find themselves in, like Job did, where his friends were accusing him of doing something terribly wrong, something that he needed to confess, but he hadn't done anything like that. And so he went through a terrible struggle as well. Sometimes we have that problem. Either way, these wonderful prayers are helpful for us. The hymn that we just sang is, is a, another example of that kind of prayer, asking God to give us a healthy heart that is ready and willing to confess our sins and to bring them to God's grace for forgiveness and for salvation. This is God's real repentance and forgiveness that releases us, raises us, enables us to live with happiness and joy and faith in Christ our Lord. In his name, amen.